Translating Arcadia tells the stories of people who belong elsewhere, and the pain that comes from being trapped here instead. Their contents may be upsetting or uncomfortable. Will hated the food at Walk and Roll. The place was a hole in the wall. Peeling diamond pattern linoleum, yellow striped wallpaper, three Chinese calendar scrolls ten years out of date. If there were any justice in the world, the food would have been fantastic. A hidden gem of authentic cuisine masked by disregard in a strip mall storefront. That's what Yelp and too many late-night reruns of food-related reality TV shows had taught him to expect. Except what walk and roll served tasted as terrible as the place looked. The hot and sour soup was neither sour nor hot in either temperature or capsicum. The potstickers were mushy and the teriyaki sauce mostly corn syrup. The chow mein tasted largely of cabbage and MSG. The only thing worth eating were the Peking spare ribs, and they were almost never in the warming pans. He'd gone to the place originally because someone said they served fugu. That pufferfish with the neurotoxin that would shut down your lungs if it wasn't cut just right. As soon as he saw the front of the place with the light-up sign with half the letters burnt out and the English menu handwritten on fading paper taped to the window, he knew the rumor was actually a flat-out lie. Probably stir up viral interest. No way this rat hole would carry anything sophisticated, even under the table. Still, Will had lunch there every day, because she worked the lunch shift. Will called her the girl with a leather jacket. Though he knew she probably had a name, he'd never had the guts to ask her. Plus, it was the jacket that had stuck in his memory. Before the girl, he'd never liked leather on women, associating it with the kind of girl who smoked cloves, read Nietzsche, and wouldn't have looked twice at someone with a degree in business management. But maybe because the girl's leather jacket was so pale, it was almost white, tailored more like a blazer than something in dominatrix or biker's old lady would wear. He found it didn't offend him. Once he decided he liked it, he looked at the girl herself. She wasn't pretty, not in the way most of the girls he dated were. Her mouth was too wide, and she wore lipstick a shade too bright. Her eyes seemed good, but the black framed glasses got in the way, and he wondered why she didn't wear contacts. Probably an okay body, though the jacket may have been doing it favors. Short, which he liked. Big tits. Not heavy, though, which was also good. The hair, he could take or leave. It was thankfully a normal color, but she always wore it in two pom-pom things on the top of her head. Still, that made her unique. Not weird, just different. He liked that a lot. And he liked that she was always smiling. Not flirty. That would have been a sure sign she slept around but approachable. Nice. For three weeks, Will risked food poisoning so she would hand him his change, smile at him, and say, thanks, or maybe, have a good day. Dine in, even though it would have been easier to go back to his desk, because then he could watch her help the other patrons, or pull out a book from behind the counter if it was slow. He liked that she never wasted time on a cell phone. In the fourth week, he got sick. Took a few days off in a haze of cough syrup and watched movies on the couch. When the delivery girl from the Jewish deli who wore two small shirts that put her tits on display to get bigger tips brought his matzo ball soup, 
He wondered if the girl noticed he hadn't come in. On the fifth Monday, feeling refreshed, he went in to walk and roll for lunch as usual. The girl with the leather jacket was behind the counter and smiled at him, but didn't say anything. He ordered the rarely available Peking spare ribs, only a little resentful that she hadn't mentioned his absence. I was sick last week, he said as she plucked the glistening pinkish bones from the tray with delicate tongs. She smiled. I hope you're feeling better. That was something, though Will had hoped she'd have more to say, like maybe that she'd missed him. But then the tongs darted out again and an extra rib was added to the plate. The girl winked at him and pressed her finger to her lips, swearing him in on the secret. He stuffed a dollar in the tip jar. She smiled again, already picking up her book. But they'd shared a moment. That extra rib? The wink? Will knew that she'd noticed he'd been gone, and wanted him to keep his strength up, so she didn't have the lunchtime absence where he should have been. He decided it was time to make a move. She'd indicated her receptivity. On the way out, he went back to the counter, surprisingly nervous, all things considered. He was absolutely the kind of guy she'd be lucky to have, but his palms left damp prints on his khakis. She looked up from her book when he got close and smiled at him. Can I get you something else? He nodded, then shook his head. When do you get off? Then added in a rush. You want to get a drink or something? Her smile froze, then stretched wider in pleasure, but she was shaking her head. I'm sorry. I'm seeing someone. Will's jaw dropped. She'd flirted with him even though she was seeing someone? Maybe the smile had been the sleeping around kind after all. He ran it back in his head as he walked back to his office. The bright lipstick might have been the sign of a slut, but those glasses meant she probably didn't suck a lot of dick. He should have suggested she pick a more natural color, just to be friendly. She would have looked better, and not made guys think she was easy. He knew it would be better for her. She wouldn't give people the wrong idea. He wouldn't have started to doubt her. And she smiled a lot, at everyone, Girls should smile, but she really did overdo it. But that was probably just her job. It wasn't like she flirted. She didn't really say anything to guys beyond rice or chow mein. By the time he got back to his office, Will decided he'd misunderstood. The girl hadn't turned him down. She'd let him in on a secret, the reason she'd been so distant with him, even though he'd been telegraphing his interest. The guy she was seeing was some douche who didn't care about her. Will had never seen him at the restaurant, and the girl had never talked about him before. He was clearly just jerking her around, using her to get some and letting her think he cared about her. Will would treat her so much better. He'd tell her that tomorrow. They didn't have spare ribs. Will ended up with watery lemon chicken and grayish fried rice and another dollar shoved in the tip jar. The girl stood up when he came over this time. So I know you said you were seeing someone, but I think... Will's voice broke. He cleared his throat. I know what you meant, okay? So when can we get a drink? The girl cocked her head to the side, glasses sliding down the bridge of her nose. She shoved them back up. I'm sorry? I know what you meant. The other day, when I asked you out... Will felt off balance. Why wasn't she saying yes? smiling at him. He'd picked up on her unspoken message. That's what girls wanted, right? 
But, um... She tucked a stray curl back up into the puff. Like I said, I'm seeing someone. But Will heard the question mark. He grinned at her. Confidence restored. Sure, sure, I get it. So maybe I meet you here when you get off? What time's your shift over? The girl's smile faltered a little. When I get off? Will felt himself falling out of love. She was a lot dimmer than she'd seemed. He'd figured she'd be as quick to pick up on his hints as he was to pick up on hers. Oh well, she still had nice tits, which was worth more than intelligence in a woman in the long run anyway. He reached across the counter and put his hand on her upper arm. Yeah, so we can get that drink? Look, how about I just come by when I get off? We can go back to your place so you can get dressed, and I'll take you somewhere nice for dinner. Under his hand, the leather was buttery soft, fine-grained, velvety. It must have been a girl... Under his hand, the leather was buttery soft, fine-grained, velvety. It must have been a gift from someone, because it probably cost a bundle. Her arm felt muscular, but pliable, and a slight shudder ran through it. She was excited. She stepped away almost immediately, had to look professional. The smile was back, but there was a woodenness in the way her face moved. The bell over the door jingled, and Will quickly pulled his hand back in case it was the deuce she was seeing. It wasn't, just a couple middle-aged ladies who wanted takeout. The girl went to help them, and Will figured it was a good time to leave. See you tonight, he told her cheerfully, adding another dollar to the tips. She didn't answer, but he saw her shoulders jerk a little. At 5.30, he ducked into the employee bathroom to brush his teeth and wet down his hair. Dabbed at a drip of sauce on his blue shirt. Not bad. Good enough for someone who worked at a bad, fake Chinese place, anyway. The girl was just walking out of walk and roll when he got there. He called out to her, but she didn't hear him, and kept walking toward the far side of the parking lot. Hey! He called out and sped up to catch her. When he was right behind her, he reached out to tap her shoulder and get her attention. The leather in her jacket slipped in his hand, and he ended up grabbing a little harder than he meant to. She stopped. Sorry. He let go, rubbed at the sweaty finger marks he'd left on the leather. You didn't hear me, I guess. So, where do you live? I can give you a ride. She shook her head and started to say something, but he cut her off. Yeah, you're right. It's too early for that. Why don't you drive? The girl shook her head again, then stopped and really looked at Will. Up and down from his damp brown hair to his scuffed loafers, like she was measuring him for a new suit. He scowled. Why hadn't she just said yes? He was doing her a favor. He should really be the one to drive, but he'd let her have this one, just so she was comfortable. When she looked at him again, the smile was back, and it was the same one he had fallen in love with when she gave him his change. I'm actually just over there. She pointed the direction she'd been headed. I live with my friend. We can walk. He didn't like the idea, but he'd already told himself he'd be a gentleman, and inviting him to her house was a great sign for how the night would end. Not that he'd foreseen any outcome other than what he wanted. Her apartment was not what he'd expected. Aside from the adorable kitten doormat, the place was spartan in its emptiness. No furniture in the living room except a pair of stained wooden chairs, and a TV on a stand. 
Plus, the carpet was splotched all over with dark marks. He didn't think much of her housekeeping, but that didn't matter unless he decided this was a long-term thing. Just move in? he asked. She shrugged and set her purse down on the floor inside the door. So why don't you go get changed? Will settled himself into one of the chairs. It was uncomfortable. The high back hitting right at the base of his skull, and the arms in a weird place for him to use them. You like Chinese? There's this good place just a couple blocks away. Authentic. He waited for her agreement, but she didn't say anything. Well, I don't mind hanging out while you get ready. She smiled the friendly smile again and started toward the kitchen, then turned back to him. Would you like a drink? Will was glad to see she was warming up and nodded. Sure, whatever you're having. The girl came back with a glass of soda. No ice. Not great, but the gentleman in him wouldn't let him complain. He knew girls liked it when you were less accommodating, really owned the alpha. But he'd always put her first. He couldn't help it. He was just wired like that. He sipped at it, mostly to be nice, then because he was thirsty. She must not wash her dishes very well because the soda tasted bitter and left his tongue tingling like there was soap in the glass. Still, he finished the drink to be polite. But he'd make sure he checked that everything was rinsed out next time. The girl was taking forever, but even girls like her had esoteric beauty rituals to indulge. And the chair was more comfortable now that he got used to it. He slid down a little, let his head rest on the wooden back. This place wasn't so bad. Now that he looked at it, bare, yeah, but the walls were such a nice, soft white, like a light bulb, bright and kind of fuzzy. The chair actually felt nice. He had judged it by its looks. It just wanted to be useful. He slid a little more. Where had the girl gone? Maybe he was getting sick again. The walls glowed brighter. They wanted him to be there, too. They wanted to help the girl see who he really was, because they knew he just wanted the best for her. He slid completely off the chair. The floor was nice, too. He'd just stay here and wait for the girl. He was comfortable. She'd like that he was right at home. She'd see how much he trusted her. A fly buzzed around his face. Loud. Headache. Will had a hangover. He blinked. Slow. The fly circled his head. Above him was white, bumpy. His eyes felt furry. His jaw hurt. The fly landed on his forehead. Tickled. He went to brush it off. It didn't go. He blinked. The fly crawled toward his eyes. He could feel its feet on his skin. Tried again to get it off him, the filthy thing. His jaw really hurt. His hand moved this time, an inch, then something on his wrist. He blinked. Things came into focus slowly, his brain having trouble putting them into the right order. The edges soft and undefined. The fly kept walking. Flies walked in shit. They were covered in it. He'd read that somewhere. 
He was on his back, looking at a popcorn ceiling. His mouth was dry, and something was in it. A lot of something was. His tongue probed. Soft, slimy with spit. Cloth. But then something hard pushed between his teeth, prying his jaw apart. He bit down. It gave a little. The fly flew off. He ground his teeth together. No more give. The fly circled his head again. He could see it now, a fat black spot against the white. He tried to sit up, stomach muscles bunching, contracting. Something pressed on his chest, like a seatbelt catching at a rough stop. He pulled his hands upward, both hard. They moved an inch, checked. He kept pulling. A thick band of pressure around each wrist. One on his chest, legs tight together. He kicked, didn't actually kick. Ankles didn't have the inch. The fly tried to land again. Will yelled. The fly buzzed past. He only heard a muffled sort of grunt around the thing in his mouth. He was yelling. No more fuzz filling his head. This wasn't real, but he didn't feel unreal anymore. Claws of panic burnt their way up his throat like bile. Sensation crept back into his limbs with the edgy, itchy tingle of panic. He started to thrash, screaming sounds that didn't carry to his ears. His nails dug into the surface under him, hard enough to make his fingers ache. This was crazy. Nothing like any of his nightmares that left him humiliated and ashamed in front of others. He was alone. Helpless. He hurt. He had no idea what was happening or why or how he could change it. Tears leaked out of the edges of his eyes, ran down into his ears. No one came. He pulled against the straps as hard as he could until his laboring lungs ran out of oxygen and bright-edged black spots danced across the ceiling. Nothing in his brain was working like it was supposed to, like he expected it to. His hands and wrists and knees and jaw hurt, and he had been left alone. On the edge of unconsciousness, Will stopped. Breathed in through his nose, long and slow. Forced his brain back to the rationality he demanded. Forced himself to actually think about what was happening and not what he was feeling. Not the fleeting sensations and weak fears he'd allowed himself to indulge in. He was being emotional. Overreacting. Yes, this was not how he'd pictured the first date with the girl. But he was letting himself get all worked up over nothing. Yeah, she'd tied him to a table left him alone, but it was a game. He should have known she had a dirty side that she'd let out with him. He'd play along for now, let her have the fun of playing at being in charge. He'd fallen asleep, and she'd been able to make the first move. She was liberated like that. He should have realized that she'd like kinky shit with the lipstick and the leather jacket. He didn't like that she'd assumed he'd be okay with it. He'd let her do the dominatrix thing for now, but he wasn't going to fuck her more than once. Unless she was really good. And then turnabout would be fair play. He wished she'd hurry up and get in here, though. Bondage was hot with the right girl, but his jaw was really killing him. Even if she was really good, it probably wasn't worth it a second time. He stared at the ceiling, at the fly. This was fine. He'd done worse. Just hurry up. He thought about what he'd do when he tied her up. He wouldn't leave her waiting for this long. He'd make sure she didn't get bored, because he was a gentleman. 
His hands started to tingle. He decided maybe he would make her wait, and add a blindfold. Finally, he heard something other than the fly. An opening door. He realized he didn't know where in the apartment he was. It started to worry him a little. He tried to tap on the surface under his hands to get her attention, so she'd take out the gag, and they could talk this over. It's sooner than you normally have another one. We just had ribs last week. Will jerked against the straps. That wasn't the girl's voice. Damn, she was kinkier than he thought, with a surprise threesome thing. That almost made up for making him wait. He craned his head up as far as it could go. The girl was in the doorway without the jacket. Tight black tank top instead. She did have big tits. The one who had spoken was all the way in the room. Female, but not much like the girl. A lot taller, way older, and not so sweet a face. Will wouldn't have looked at her twice. Still, if he did her from behind, that would be cool. Or if she got the girl off or something, that would save Will some trouble. Is this the one you told me about? The friend slipped her arms over the girl's shoulders from behind and cupped her breasts in both hands. Kissed the top of her head. Good. The girl apparently wasn't above making out with a friend for attention. Will's neck ached from holding his head up. He let it fall back and tried to breathe through his nose. Aside from the groping, nothing fun had happened, and he was getting sick of it. He tried to knock his knuckles on the table under him, pissed that neither of them had spoken to him and even gotten naked. No, the girl said. Her voice was different. Will thought she sounded bitchy. More like the friend. Not at all like the girl at the restaurant he had been attracted to. But that one can wait. He wasn't in a hurry. This one, he's been around a while. Insisted I speed things up. Will exclaimed around the shit in his mouth. He hadn't insisted on anything. She'd wanted to go out with him. He jerked his hands hard, trying to get their attention. No way the girl was a dyke, but the friend probably was. He'd seen how she went after the tits. She must want the girl for herself. At least the girl had better taste than that. But she needed to hurry the fuck up and get him hard. This was taking way too long. He could hear footsteps. He craned his head up again, even though it made it hard to breathe. Thank God something was finally going to happen. People like the ribs. They both stood over him, looking down. He widened his eyes, starting to feel a little weirded out. They weren't even acknowledging he was there. They saw he was ready and willing, but they didn't care at all what he wanted. Rude. Bitchy. Maybe they both were dykes who just did this for the ego boost. So what's this one for? The friend asked. Will jerked again. Nothing about this was going like it was supposed to, like he'd planned. He was totally over the bondage bullshit and their lame female superiority act. He tapped on the table, hard, his face felt hot, and his head still seemed a little disconnected. I wanted a skirt. The girl's voice was right above him now. Don't have enough left from the last one? Not after your purse. He couldn't understand what they were talking about, and everything felt stiff, in a really unsexy way. He could hear his heartbeat in his ears, and the thing in his mouth felt like it was halfway down his throat. He couldn't get enough air through his nose breathing this fast. 
He felt dizzy. He closed his eyes and tried to think. They had a great guy tied up, ready for anything, and they were talking about crafts? Who the fuck did they think they were? He slapped his palm flat on the table. Shall I give him another dose? His eyes flew open again. The friend was behind his head now. He couldn't see her. He's moving a lot. He was not all right. None of this was all right. His mouth felt bone dry and he splayed his fingers on the table, this time feeling the splinters push under his nails. His face tingled, the corners of his mouth burned, and he thought he was going to pass out. When he opened his eyes a slit, his vision had narrowed to a circle edged in black. The girl, still staring down at him appraisingly, shook her head. I can manage all right. Good. We're low on TTX anyway. Don't want to waste it. He blinked fast, thrashed his hands, tried to shake his head. No, he was saying no. The dark edges bled inward. When she picked up the knife, tested against her thumb, the single image cut through the blackness. He could see it perfectly. Every detail. Dark handle. Honed edge. He tried to yell, for a reel this time, not for attention. He would have said anything they wanted if they would only let him talk. The girl didn't even notice. The knife came down with precision. He expected pain. None. Just cool air on his bare chest. He wanted it to be a game. Retractable blade. A big mindfuck. The girl cut his shirt away. Tried to breathe. To calm down. To stay conscious. He would just get through this. It would be over soon. He knew she wasn't going to cut him. Then she did. He wished he had hyperventilated. The strangest sensation. It didn't hurt immediately like he'd thought. But a few seconds later, like an aftertaste of pain, the worst paper cut he'd ever gotten soaked in antibacterial gel. Then... It hurt too much to be conscious, not enough to pass out. A distant corner of his mind wondered how that was fair. He had thought the girl's hands would be soft. They were. He didn't appreciate it like he thought he would when her fingers slipped into the cut she made from breastbone to waist. When they threaded themselves in and pulled him apart, it wasn't the pain that distant part of his brain thought. As he screamed into the gag, it was the sound of your skin separating from muscle, tearing like eating fried chicken. The ceiling had turned into tiny white pinpricks above him. He couldn't hear the screaming anymore. He could breathe well enough now. Or maybe he just needed less air. Do you think this will end up the same quality as what you used for the jacket? The friend's voice drifted into Will's ears, over the screaming in his head he knew came from him. Probably not, the girl answered, pulling hard at something around Will's belly. The material isn't as good. Really kind of subpar. Shouldn't have bothered. I guess I can use it as a test piece. Around the screaming, Will raged at her. How dare the girl! He was absolutely good quality, better than most guys, better than she deserved. 
He had been doing her a favor, and that bitch couldn't even see it. As everything got very quiet, Will had to laugh. That's what he got for being a gentleman. Girls never appreciated what they had right in front of them. This story, Leather, was performed by Thomas. Translating Arcadia is written, directed, and edited by Lee Seguente. Its music is composed and performed by Michael Freitag. More information about the stories and their performers can be found at translatingarcadia.lawofnames.com. Translating Arcadia is a production of Law of Names Media.